I'm a grateful believer in Jesus. I struggle with fear, worry, and codependency. I am Evelyn. I am the only child of older parents. My parents were in their 30s when they had me. My parents fought like cats and dogs for most of their life, for most of my childhood, actually. They tried not to in front of me, but I heard them all the time. My dad was a function, my dad was an alcoholic. He was a functioning drunk, never missed a day of work, but passed out every night, and some of his behavior was really embarrassing. At age 11, I had to drive home from the skating rink with my friends in the car because he was so drunk he couldn't even drive. He, was supposed, he wasn't supposed to pick us up, but our ride didn't show up, so I called dad. After that night, I called mom. I really loved my dad when he wasn't drinking. He was a great guy, would give you the shirt off of his back. He would do anything for me, but after that night, I had to set boundaries. I had a hard time talking to my dad about his drinking problem. Even as an adult, he never was willing to talk about it. My dad was diagnosed with lung cancer in, 2020, in, 20, in 2002, and on his deathbed, he made his life right by praying with, his old, with my old youth pastor. I was saved at age four when my cousin led me to Christ. We went to church with my mom every time the doors were open, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I was confused the older I got because my mom's church was Baptist, my dad's church was Catholic. So one church preaching hellfire and brimstone, and the other church preaching that you could do whatever you want as long as you went to confession every week. I had a lot of questions and my mom was having a hard time answering. So we went to an older Baptist church where my mom thought she could help me get answers. The pastor and his wife were so gracious they canceled me for a couple years until I finally understood more clearly, and they baptized me when I was 10. My mom wanted me to do better than her, had, than, her and her, than her and dad had done. So she was always on me about me, everything. She was always on me about everything, back, far back as I can remember, like even keeping my bed very neatly made. I had always tried. I always had chores to do around the house, but when dad moved out, I was nine. Then I was expected to cook dinner, do the dishes, and vacuum the house every day after school while she worked. This was all on top of helping my aunt and uncle around the farm since we lived on their farm on a trailer, in a trailer. My aunt noticed how good I was with horses. I talked my, and she talked to my mom about me joining 4-H. I was really interested. And this was my life for a few years. I barrel raced my feelings out, called it animal therapy, because I could talk to my horse about anything. She never gave me advice like my friends did. <laughs> when I cried, she even hugged me. I had friends, but my horse was my best friend during this time, and she was just what I needed. I was the youngest grandchild on both sides, the baby, I was treated like a doll for my girl cousins and like a toy for my guy cousins. I was even used as a football once because I was so small and just for fun. I quickly became a people pleaser. I wanted to make everyone happy, even if I had to be the football. 
Because I loved when people were smiling and laughing, being at home without siblings, without siblings, I also became a mini-adult, reading newspaper, learning politics, learning to cook with my grandmother, and the best part, learning to bake with her. This was all under the age of 10. All of this creating issues, I had no idea that would come out later. I didn't realize I was working so hard to please everyone else that I didn't stop to think about myself and if I was happy. By the time I hit middle school, I was miserable. The little farm town we lived in had nothing, just a small school and a small convenience store, and this was a place where everybody knew everybody, and almost everybody was related to everybody, including us. The next closest town was a little bit bigger, had a skating rink and a swimming pool. It was 10 miles away. That's where my dad moved to, so I stayed summers with him where I could go swimming and skating. I stayed out way too late, and this got me in trouble with the wrong crowd. The group I started hanging around to was into drugs. I hadn't done any yet, but by the, but by the summer I was 12, I disappeared from my mom and dad for three days with this group of friends. And that was when my parents decided to move me to Tulsa to get away from, to get away from that and start over somewhere new. I was frustrated, depressed, and scared. I only had, I'd only been to Tulsa to visit and surely did not want to live there, as it was too big, very intimidating to me. However, I started seventh grade at Foster Middle School, made friends right away. And in one of my classes, there was a guy and he, that made, he, I made friends with one of the guys in the class, and a girl that sat behind me thought I was in love with him. So she brought a knife to school to threaten me. She was arrested with deadly intent. This really opened my eyes, and I didn't want to go to school again, ever. I became bitter. I watched my back all the time. I even sat at the back of every class and was cautious of anyone walking behind me, even my friends. I struggled with grades after that and never asked for help. I was sinking in my feelings with rage just, just brewing below the surface. I did not how to cope. I had some female issues starting at age 12. I had some tests done, and it was told I possibly could never have kids. That was hard to deal with since I had a nurturer's heart. My mom got me into counseling now. My emotions were way out of control. By high school, I was out of control. I was telling my mom what I was going to do, not even asking permission anymore. I never cared if she said no. I just did what I wanted. I didn't care about the consequences because she wasn't there half the time anyway to enforce them. Sorry. My parents finalized their divorce. This was also a lot of rage. I did a lot of lying, some sneaking out and changing grades on my report cards during those years. That's actually when you could physically change your grades. 
and I never did any homework. I only took tests, and I graduated only by the grace of God. After graduation, I moved to Omaha, Nebraska to be closer to my grandparents and some of my family. I met a guy there, thought he was cool. We started dating very slowly at first. I got to know all of his friends and hanging out with them. Found out he cheated on me. He was so sorry we decided to move in together. Red flag. This is where he started to become abusive. He would get so mad if I was overly nice to another guy or even hugged one of our, new, one of our guy friends. He was always so sorry and would comfort me afterwards. But, I, but before I knew it, I got pregnant, just a couple months after turning 21. I wanted the baby, but he panicked. After a couple days, he calmed down enough to accept the situation and was ready to get married and start our family. I had changed him, so I thought, until we went to tell his mother. She thought I got pregnant on purpose to trap him into ruining his life. She called me all sorts of names. That night, he locked himself into the bedroom, and the next day, he was in such a rage, he hurt me so bad that the neighbors called the police. They called for an ambulance, but I didn't go. I still stayed. I was sick all the time now that his mom convinced me to get an abortion by using my family's religious background, saying it would upset them if I went to them pregnant and unmarried. I was so confused, sick, and terrified that deep down I know better, I thought she was right. On my dad's 55th birthday, I had the abortion. A few weeks later, some officers were called to our, the same officers were called to our apartment again. And this time, all the rage that had been building up for years came lashing out, and I finally left for good. For years, I rode an emotional roller coaster, from depression to fits of, sleep, to fits of rage to sleepless nights and the whole what ifs. I really felt like I was living a movie script of someone else's life entirely. I was just going through the motions. I went to work, came home, did nothing. Sometimes I, was, I, just knew some, I just knew I was missing something. Then I went looking for it with not-so-great relationships and one-night stands, just trying to fill the hole in my heart. I did have a couple meaningful relationships, but when they found out I had an abortion, their indifferent reactions set me off and I would end it. I needed and wanted somebody to feel that pain with me. I moved to Council Bus, Iowa, right across the river, and went to beauty school. I enjoyed it and made, a great, made great friends. During beauty school, I was diagnosed with endometriosis and then was told I would never have kids. I thought this was God's punishment for having the abortion. I had to have a couple procedures done that would seal the deal of never being able to carry a child full term. But God. I met my first husband when I was 25 when we were married within a year. On my wedding day was the first time I'd ever heard God audibly. He said, don't do it. And I should have listened because out of four years of marriage, the only two good things that came out of that marriage were my boys 
now ages 21 and 19. I lived in fear that God would take my oldest son while I was pregnant with him because of the abortion. I thought he would be born deformed or disabled. I just prayed that he would be okay and would forgive me. But I still lived in fear partially because my husband made me believe it. That was until I found MEND Crisis Pregnancy Center. I went through the post-abortive healing class. It was wonderful, healing, and freeing. I felt I finally was able to enjoy my toddler and the one on the way. MEND was my saving grace. My husband and I at the time had a very emotional, abusive relationship. Everything was perfect. He, or he wanted everything to be perfect because he had become a pastor. But we would, but would talk down to us and call us names, mostly me. It was one of those relationships that, that what you see is not the real thing. Because what we were on the outside of the house or church was way different than how we really were at home. I had a hard time coping with this because I am what you see is what you get kind of person. I could no longer play the facade, so I became very depressed and wanted out. I thought the only way out would to die was to die because to divorce a pastor was a very big deal. I couldn't have my kids. I finally went to my mom. She got me into counseling. There I realized I was not 100% to blame, so it made it easier for me to leave. Then I found out he had cheated on me the entire marriage, so that made filing for divorce much easier. Three years later, I married the love of my life. We had met through friends, and on the first date, we started talking about marriage. We were married a few months later, I married someone a lot like my dad who struggled in his own addiction, but is an amazing man. During our marriage, I tried Al-Anon for a while, but really didn't feel much different. And I wasn't able to understand my feelings. I felt like I did in my childhood. It was something I could never explain or quite put into words. I worked with someone who came to CR. So we tried this together. Through CR, we have been able to, through CR, I have been able to sort through my feelings by getting all those feelings out in the open, specifically in my step studies. I have been through two step studies, now in three. I, the first one, I worked hard to get through my rage, anger, fear, and people-pleasing. I guess with age, that helps too. The second one, I focused more on the anger, fear, and staying on God's path. I can really say that if it wasn't for these step studies, I'd still be holding on to some of that baggage. My marriage is stronger, my family is getting stronger, and my hope is Christ alone. Just recently, God did another miracle out of the blue. I ran into the girl who brought the knife to harm me in middle school. She recognized me. She told me the encounter changed her life for the better, and we were able to make amends. In 
In 2019, I was diagnosed with a rare cancer. First couple years were not so bad. We were already attending CR, so I'm so thankful that I had my group to confide in. The chemo was working and the side effects were not so bad. March of 2021, I had surgery to remove the tumors and I was NED, no evidence of disease, for almost eight months. Then the cancer came back, so the past couple years have been rough. But I have been referred to MD Anderson and have been on three different chemos. My wonderful husband has been my caregiver, my supporter, my comforter, and always there for me. But most of all, he goes above and beyond by working full time and doing most of the chores around the house and taking care of our crazy dog. <laughs> he is truly the best caregiver I could ask for, so God knew just what I would need. We are fighting this together, and I'm fighting with everything I have because I didn't go through all this to let cancer have me just yet. I stay positive, I read healing verses every day, and I thank God every day for his healing. And when I do get sick, I cry out to him for his healing in that moment. And he is always with me through my doctor's quick responses and even at times being admitted to the hospital for fluids. CR has given me people who walk with me through my journey and pray with me. They are my forever family. I can't even begin to tell you how much my stepsisters mean to me. Being in a step study is the meat of CR and the relationships you get out of it is the gravy. So to the newcomer, you are here for a reason. It is no accident that you are here tonight. You may have needed to hear something specific or you can relate to something. Every week we all need something, so we keep coming back because you don't want to miss the miracle God has planned for your life. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future Ecclesiastes 4.12, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Thanks for letting me share.